Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. No. 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 That's not not in the mood we're in today. You're right. This is a somber. This is a somber podcast. If you came here looking for joy. It's not here, guys. It's not here. Like, do we just get into the news? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Guys, you know what happened this weekend. If you don't know what happened. You're not listening to our podcast if you don't know what happened because you don't care about football. For real. Anyway, let, before we get into that, before we cut open our souls mm-hmm. and spill our hearts yeah. and our pain, yeah, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you can that, catch that sounds me. like a good thing. Yeah, you can catch me at FF Ball Blast. And you can catch me, because that's our go-to now. Catch me. Catch me at, at Ball Blastem, Ball Blast E-M. I'm Kate. And I'm Michelle. We've got uh, a really exciting week for you guys. We've got Fantasy Football Night at North Park Lounge in Lawrenceville, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are within a 12-hour radius, we expect you to be there. 12-hour <laughs> radius. 12-hour driving Drive radius. Drive throughout the night. Drive through the night. Get here. It is Wednesday, 7 p.m. If you drive uh, 45 minutes or more, your first beer is on me. Ooh. Okay. So, I like that. Can we make it an hour here? Because we're going to go broke. Yeah, we are gonna, we're going to go broke. <laughs> no, we'll buy your first beer if you drive more than 45 minutes. Hell yeah, you guys deserve it. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun. They've got some drink specials. It's burger night. We're going to have a live Ball Blast podcast with special ghost. Special ghost. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> special ghost John Bauer of the Superflex Elegy podcast. Most don't know that they're actually a ghost Superflex podcast. Yeah. Because that would be weird. They're a haunted podcast. No, they're just normal, and he's a pretty cool dude. He's a super cool dude, and he's going to be doing the live stream Ball Blast podcast with us. We're going to be giving away a signed Heath Miller jersey. Heath. 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 Oh, we don't have Jesse James in the offense anymore to yell Heath at him. I know. If, if anybody hasn't checked that out. Do you like, think he's so relieved? Probably. Yeah. He. I mean, I'm sure he wants to hear like, Jesse. So if anyone doesn't watch Steeler games often or, you know, been to a game, but you can even hear it on the TV when Jesse James catches a pass back in the day when they were both playing together, everyone got them confused. They're both tall white boys. Like, yeah, they both have a similar build. So they always yell Heath, but still since Heath last, Miller retired, Heath and Miller it didn't retired stop. a long time ago and it never stopped. So even last year when Jesse James would catch a pass, everyone would go Heath. I'm sure fun. he's very excited to have his own name back. Yeah, and actually, he caught a nice a nice looking ball this weekend when he played for the Detroit Lions. I hope Detroit still just yells Heath. That'd be fun. Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Yeah, it, that that he's. They're never gonna yell Jesse James. No, that's not gonna happen. Jesse, like it just doesn't. Eh. No. Yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna be doing fantasy football night. We're gonna be giving away a signed Heath Miller jersey. You can enter in three ways. You get up to three chances to win this jersey. You leave us a five-star review. You leave the Superflexology podcast a five-star review. Screenshot them. I know a lot of you did this already because you entered for our listener league. So yeah, so you don't have to like do it again. 
You no, s- just email us those reviews to draftdaygiveaway at gmail.com. That's draftdaygiveaway at gmail.com. There's two entries right there, one for us, one for Superflexology. And then if you come to the live podcast this Wednesday, August 28th, 7 p.m. North Park Lounge, another entry. You just walk in the building. And you get to like meet us. Yeah. And you get to draft with us. And it's going to be a blast because we're going to be drinking and eating. It's going to be so much fun. Is there a better way to spend your Wednesday? I think not. Nope. It is not. But I guess we've we've definitely avoided this long enough, Michelle. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into this either. I guess we have to. Let's get into the news. This just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Your draft is over. It just (laughs) stopped. It just stopped. Andrew Luck has retired from the NFL in what may be the most heartbreaking story to hit the NFL ever. Yeah. Since I've been watching. Since you've been watching in five years. Shush. I mean, it's not like... It is heartbreaking. You see a guy who loves the sport as much as Andrew Luck, who has studied the sport, who knows the sport. He he has been waiting to play this game. And when he came back from his shoulder injury last season, you I, I feel like you saw this reinvigorated player. You saw this guy that was just so happy to be on the field. Like... You saw a guy that wanted to play football, and now um, if you guys didn't catch his press conference, it was absolutely heartbreaking. I literally shed tears watching him talk about the sport. He wants to play football, but I literally don't think his his mind and body can handle that anymore, and that's what's so heartbreaking about this situation. No, it is, and he, he clearly is suffering just from all of his injuries he had. He described it as unrelenting pain. Yeah. He's had to play behind a terrible, terrible offensive line for most of his career. They finally gave him a good line last year. I don't know how he got injured this offseason. Do, do any the of us The details really know? are very – I mean, we've had sketchy details all offseason. Yeah. It's sad, and it's something you don't want to see because Andrew Luck is truly a great talent. And anytime, especially in the quarterback position, when you take one of those great talents away from the NFL, you're just getting a worse, you're just getting worse content. Yeah. So the entertainment goes down a little bit more, and you cannot be mad at Andrew Luck whatsoever. I get that Colts fans can be sad. His first, his last walk off the field last night. The, the news came out, Adam Schefter tweeted this news while he was actually on the field during week three Colts preseason game. And Andrew Luck was just on the sideline talking to Jacoby Brissett like nothing was happening. He was booed off the field as yeah. he walked off. Like, I can't imagine a more heartbreaking and I love Andrew Luck. And I feel like, I, don't I feel know. like he needs to come out for the fourth game and walk off again. And I think people would cheer him off. It I'm was, sure everybody feels like it's just a hard buttholes. situation. I'm not going to hate on the Colts fans for that. They found out on Twitter. Like, I get it. While I, he was standing on the sideline acting yeah. like nothing ever happened. I would hope if we were at a preseason game in Pittsburgh and we found out Ben was retiring that we wouldn't boo him. But we have no idea. It was probably gut wrenching to them. They expect to be Super Bowl contenders this year. And without luck, that becomes a lot harder to do. And so you, I get the I disappointment. Mean, they didn't see this coming whatsoever. Yeah. So I, I don't like people who actually got to think about it and then tweeted something ridiculous and then kept it up. That's where I'm like, okay, you're a terrible person. But when you're in the, you know, it just happened. You just found out on Twitter. You're at a game. 
and if you didn't get a chance to think about it or see his press conference, I'm not going to judge them for that. Yeah, it, it's hard though, right? Like this guy gave his body, his health, his well-being, his mental well-being while he rehabs just literally around the clock. And that's I, I do hope that he comes to the fourth preseason game and they give him another chance to walk off, honor him properly. Yeah, is the fourth preseason game at home? I don't know. Um, actually not sure. Yeah, neither of us know. But if it is at home, then I hope they would bring him back just for that. Even if it's not, I feel like the whole state I feel like there can't be a guy in the NFL more beloved than maybe Larry Fitzgerald. Like I, I don't know. I, I feel like there are a few very few guys in the NFL right now that would get the kind of honor that Nobody hates Andrew Luck. Yes. It's like, impossible to hate him. Yeah, He's there's nothing to dude. hate about the dude. Um I, I do feel like we de- he deserves something from us. I think so too. Like, should should we, we yeah. Like what do you think? I think we could like I don't should we maybe dedicate like a song to him? Oh yeah. How, what song would you like to do? I think I know a good one. I'm not much of a singer, but oh, that was so good. That was really good. It's like we we didn't even have to practice for that. No, one. not yeah. at all. Andrew we Luck, we love those, you. We came up with those words off the top of our top mind. of our noggins. Yes, yeah. Andrew Luck. The whole point is that we love you. Six seasons, two uh, twenty three thousand six hundred seventy one yards, one hundred seventy one touchdowns, one legend. Yep, Andrew Luck. He's fantastic. There's there's a fallout here. What do we do with the entire Colts offense. I don't know. I, I really, I genuinely don't know. I'm not touching Ebron as I implied. No. And I already wasn't touching Ebron. So I think this just makes it worse because Ebron, you're depending on touchdowns for him. You're depending on goal line opportunities. And I don't know that we'll see quite as many. You're not going to see as many. I I do like Jacoby Brissett. I, I think he's a better quarterback than people are giving him credit for last time. He, he, the Colts traded for him eight days, eight days before the start of the season. He and should be he, a lot better this season. Yes, and then he had to play that game. Like so, he last or in 2017, he was traded to the Colts on September 2nd of 2017. Wow. He played on September 10th. You are a quarterback learning an entire new playbook, entire new system, with an entire new quarterback. Whole new team, you move to a brand new city where you don't know anything, and people expect you to be good that first second being in a new city on a new team. Like, and that. he was a young guy. It's not like he was some like veteran quarterback who's made his way around the end. Like he was a he was a he was a young guy who was thrust into a new offensive situation yeah. very very quickly, 
expected to get up to game speed. Like we talk about how it's hard for wide receivers to transition teams like at the top of a hat. And that's why we like Amari Cooper. I like Amari Cooper so much because I think it takes major, like he, he should get major props for being able to do what he did under the situation in which he did it. And I think the same goes for Jacoby Brissett. He came in, he was, he was a, uh, he didn't tank their team. Totally. Yeah, they weren't good. I'll, I'll give teams that. They also that, had a bad defense. Or I'll give um, fans that because they're upset that Brissett is going to be their quarterback. Like, I wouldn't be excited either going from Luck to Brissett. But I don't think it's a death sentence to every player on that offense. Like, no, no I don't want Ebron. But T.Y. Hilton's price is going to drop dramatically. And I'm okay taking him in the sixth round. Like, it, I do think it's going to fall to the late fifth, sixth round. And that's where I'm okay taking him. Because, I mean, with Brissett that we're talking about, the terrible, terrible year, they had four wins, just the whole offense was bad. He still had 950 yards, only four touchdowns, but 950 yards. If that's his floor, and you know that Brissett's now had two years, uh, they, they have a much better offensive line. The offensive line that he had to play behind in 2017 was a joke, a joke compared to what he gets to play behind now. Uh, a brand new head coach that's a million times better than the coach he had at that time. So you bring in all these things with two more years of experience and he's been playing with uh, Hilton this whole preseason. Like, yeah, Yeah, I I like it. Hilton has had glowing reviews this entire offseason. Luck hasn't been playing. That's the thing. The entire offseason, everyone's been saying Hilton looks the best of his career. Well, that hasn't been with Luck because Luck hasn't been practicing. So I'm going to guess it's been with Brissett. And so I'll be happy to take a chance on him. He's going late enough that you can get a steal at the wide receiver position. Marlon Mack. Michelle, you you dug up some interesting stats on Marlon Mack. Why don't you tell us about those? So I was also off Mack before this happened, but it was for a reason. And now the same reason gets worse. So I was off Mack because any time that they were in a close game, or they were losing, Mac just didn't see the carries or volume he needed to see. Well, now that's going to get worse. You know, like Jacoby Brissett being there, they're probably going to be losing many games, or at least they're going to be in close games. They're not going to blow out teams like we expected with luck in some games. So Marlon Mack last season played in 12 games. He missed four due to injury. It was a perfect six-game, six-game split, where in six of the games that Mac played in, the, the Colts won by more than three points. In those games, he averaged 20 carries, 101 yards, and 1.2 touchdowns. That is fantastic. That's pretty And if good. you knew that's what you're getting per game, he would be going in the first round. That's great numbers. Except in the six games that he played in where Indy lost or won by less than three points, so a very close game, or they lost, he averaged 12 carries, so that goes down from 20 to 12 carries, 49.5 yards, rough, and point, rough. Point 0.3 touchdowns. Point 0.3. So that's 50 less yards. That's one touchdown every three games. Yep. Almost a whole touchdown less, eight less carries a game. He is not a guy you want to start when Indy's not ahead. By a good margin. Yeah, and the margin you noted three points. That's a that's not a significant margin whatsoever. That's a a pretty minimal margin when you're considering deficits. And mm-hmm. I mean, a field goal 
is attainable. Like that's a pretty attainable goal. And if you're not using your quote unquote workhorse running back, when your games are that close, that's a problem for me. Yeah, when you're going to have a backup in, I don't expect them to be up by much. So Nine I'm Hines, who ran a lot of routes last year, was uh, the I think the the running back twenty seven in full PPR formats. Yeah, and when they were down, he was seeing a lot of targets. So he's definitely one of those guys in the full PPR league that I will look at to take late. Now I'm still not like pumped to go get Naheem Hines, but I do think he's oh, a me good. Oh, neither. But I, yeah. I I'm intrigued. In him as a late round pick over Mac as an early round pick. I agree with you completely. Yep. Another big news item, super unfortunate. Yeah. Lamar Miller, gruesome knee injury, torn ACL was confirmed by MRI today. This is Sunday that we're recording. The Texans already, like, Lamar Miller was a fine running back. He wasn't a game-changing running back like a Zeke would be. Like, what do you do? They just traded a third, a conditional third round pick for Duke Johnson of the Cleveland Browns. I'm pretty sure Duke only has to be active for 12 games for that to be a third round pick. And right now, I mean, if he's healthy, he's going to be active for 12 games because they don't have any other running backs. They have a bunch of undrafted free agents and then Duke Johnson. He's traditionally been used as a pass catching back. His career high with rushing attempts in the NFL is 104 rushing attempts. Mainly uses pass catcher, but in college, he actually saw 242 carries his junior year, 2014. Came down with 600, or I'm sorry, 1,600 <laughs> rushing yards, 421 receiving yards. So he was used in that way in college. Are you intrigued at all for Duke Johnson? In the way that he's going to be a starting running back for a team, yes. But at the same time, we saw last year that just because you were the starting running back for the Texans doesn't necessarily mean you are great for fantasy. Duke Johnson or Peyton Barber? Oh, Duke Johnson, 100%. Because we've already seen Peyton Barber get the 200-plus carries, and he was still terrible for fantasy. We haven't seen that yet with Duke Johnson. So if he gets that, I expect him to be much better than a a Peyton Barber, if not better, then he can't be worse. So I'm going to take a chance on him being a little bit better. He's going at the tail end of the seventh round right now. Yeah, that's high. And he's going to keep going up higher with Lamar Jackson or Lamar Miller gone. Yeah. I mean, it it literally shot up like a rocket. He was essentially going in like the 13th, 14th round just probably three, four weeks ago. I think he will. the, The thing is that Deshaun Watson doesn't use his running back a ton for passes like he doesn't throw to him a bunch because running quarterbacks tend to you know run when they need to when they're when they're in a struggle when they're being pressured if they can get away they're just going to run instead of dump it down to the running back that's a yeah they just don't check down the ball they don't use that as the safety the safety valve is essentially their legs and Deshaun Watson does that often like he runs instead of passing it down he just does not pass it to the running back often so that makes you a little bit nervous about Duke Johnson because that's clearly what he's the best at And then when you look at him in Cleveland, I mean, he was not fighting for carries against, like, top-end running backs. Like, I wouldn't say Isaiah Crowell is some dominant running back. Crowell was fine. But is he some dominant running back? That's why Duke Johnson couldn't get carries. No, and that it, it brings us to a similar situation that I feel is the situation in Kansas City, right? You have a... Granted, we haven't seen him in that role. We just haven't seen him beat out anybody else for that role. But, like, 
Damian Williams couldn't beat out anybody else for that role in Miami, couldn't beat out anybody else for that role in Kansas City until he was the third, fourth man up. I'm totally with you there. I think Duke will be the guy. I really do. I just don't know what that will come to, right? Do you think they make a trade? But the thing is what you just said is that they traded a – I think the the thing that's on Duke Johnson's side the most is what they traded to get him. They did trade a third-round pick if he's active for 12 that's games. That's significant draft capital. So right now they have to think, okay, we traded a third-round pick because they can't think fourth because they have no idea if Duke Johnson will be active for 12 games or not. So what are you going to trade for another running back? Are you going to trade another pick? Like, and it can't be an early, like you can't go for like a Melvin Gordon because you can't trade a first round pick and a third round pick for a running back, right? Yeah. It, I mean, you, you basically obliterate your 2020 draft. And then I guess they could trade a six round pick for a LaShawn McCoy or maybe LaShawn McCoy gets cut, but is he better than a Duke Johnson at this point? I don't think so. I, I think they're in a really sticky situation. I tweeted today that it could happen. I said, what if... What if the Texans went and got LaShawn McCoy? Because, I mean, why not? I think they screwed themselves by not taking a running back in the draft. If you knew. No, they screwed themselves by not taking offensive linemen in the draft. Well, that too. You're totally right. I don't know what the hell It should have been offensive linemen, offensive linemen, offensive linemen. I did. And then all three agents. They took an offensive lineman to start, didn't they? They did. But I I feel like that should have been a bigger priority in your draft. It should have been the priority when you're going into free agency and digging in that pool, you should have been more active. But and I'll, that's why they don't have a GM anymore. If you were taking a if you're going to spend a third round pick this offseason on a running back, like go get one that's young that can be a three down back. I don't think that's I think guys, like I'm a huge Cleveland Browns fan. I really like Duke Johnson's talent, but he's not a three down back. I, th- that's the thing, though. We haven't seen him be utilized in that way. And I get I get it that he hasn't been put in that role and probably for a reason, but we still don't know. We haven't seen that. We, we haven't seen it. It's kind of like Derrick Henry, right? Like, he's not utilized in a three-down role. I don't know why. He catches the balls that are thrown to him, you know? Yeah. I, Maybe I, if we see the offense utilize him properly – Although you're not really setting him up for success behind that offensive line. If Duke Johnson was going in the ninth, tenth round, I would be fine to take a chance on him. In the seventh round, and probably to go up from here after Lamar Miller's injury, that's just a no for me. Yeah. That I mean, it's it's the seven twelve and we are a mere twenty four hours after Duke Johnson is or I'm sorry, after Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller is torn his ACL. So I can only imagine that goes up from here. Yeah, it, it, and it will, and I'm going to be off of him. I hope him nothing but the best. Love Duke Johnson as a player. I just don't I see him being him, utilized in that way. Yeah, I got him as a late-round grab in a couple of my Dynasty startups. Happy to have him there. Oh, yeah, if you already have him, that's amazing. Yeah, that's. I actually have Duke Johnson in one of the leagues that I have Melvin Gordon in. Super happy about that. Super happy. I'm not looking to trade him because guess what? I feel like... That's a great holdover until mm-hmm. I can get Melvin Gordon back in my roster. Oh, yeah. If you already had him in Dynasty or if you drafted a couple weeks ago when you stole Duke Johnson in the, you know, in the double-digit rounds, you should feel ecstatic. Yeah. But it's just one of those things where maybe we're just too late now. Yeah. It, we, like you the, missed the, your window. The injury happened. We're too late now. The window, yeah, closed, and his value is insanely high. May we, may we uh, take a moment to... Uh, acknowledge all of those teams that drafted Sunday who took 
uh, Andrew Luck in the fifth and yeah. Lamar Miller in the sixth. Oh. May you rest in peace. Yeah, I'm so sorry. That happened. I'm sure that happened to a lot of oh, you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Or Scotty Fishbowl Leagues yeah. with luck and with just luck. It, so with it being a, that it's hurts. A, it's a super flex. Yeah, super flex too. That mostly means a two quarterback league because you can start a quarterback in your flex spot. If you drafted Andrew Luck and that, that sucks. Yeah. It Go does. get some brissette. Go get you some brissette. Absolutely. Other news um, Vice President of the Dallas Cowboys, Stephen Jones, remains very optimistic that the team will get a deal done with Zeke Elliott before week one. I hope so. All right. That's, that's about all I have it. to say. I think that, yeah. He's, he's back in Cabo. So. Um, the, the context of the quote was kind of interesting because he said something along the lines of, well, it only takes a couple hours to get these deals done. And I'm sure that's kind of true. It, I'm sure they're going to bite. They, there's been a rumor that Zeke has already been made an offer that would have made him the second paid highest paid running back in the NFL right now, second to Todd Gurley, but we just saw what happened with Todd Gurley. So I don't know if he's going to get more money than Todd Gurley. He deserves it. I really think so. I, I 100% agree. Pay the man. He should show up because as we've seen yesterday with Andrew Luck, these guys don't have forever on their bodies. Pay them. Get it over with. Antonio Brown has lost his second helmet grievance. And it better not come to anything. He better just practice this week, move on, get your helmet. I, I'm hearing he's getting, like, these endorsement. Some endorsement deal. Yeah. So, like, then live off, like – Celebrate because of this whole ridiculous thing. You're going to make so much money off of it. Was it a PR stint to get yeah to get an endorsement deal on some crazy helmet? So just practice, move on, get your money, and let's go. All right, that's it for it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I, I don't want to, to talk about Antonio Brown ever again until the season starts. Yeah. Um, the last thing that I want to talk about: some injury updates. Cam Newton. Midfoot sprain started week three of the preseason, they're, limped off the field. They're very optimistic that he's starting week one. Yeah. Uh, if he doesn't, say he's not ready out of the gate, what do you think that means for Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore? Does that put you off of any of these guys? Christian McCaffrey will still be great. CMC, we saw him last year without Cam Newton. And, you know, the backups actually just target him a lot. He's a safety valve. Yeah, he is. So I would feel fine with CMC. Obviously, you're not going to be thrilled about DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel. That's not going to make me not draft them, though, because Cam Newton's injury, I think, is max one game. Like, if he misses a game, it's going to be a maximum of one game. He'll they be fine. They saw him in a walking boot, but I, I think some reports came out after that said, yeah, that's kind of just a precaution. Make sure it doesn't swell too exactly. much. Exactly, yep. So I'm I'm not too concerned there. I'm still drafting as if he will be there week one. All it's going to do is push down Cam Newton even further. He Fingers was going crossed. in the eighth. I got him um, in a league. I drafted today in, like, the 12th round. Something absurd. Go draft him. And if you have to go stream the position for one week, you'll live. Yeah. And then you get a top three quarterback when he's healthy. Oh, bold statement. All right. Jordan Reed has his seventh career concussion. Is this like the end of Jordan Reed? I don't know if it's the end, but it's the end of his fantasy career. Like I, I was so hopeful for him this season. I said, if he's healthy, he is a top 10 tight end for me. And guess what? Not healthy. It's one of those things that I've been saying all year. Just because Jordan Reed is going to be playing, just because he is a starting tight end somewhere, just because he was good at one time, does not mean he's going to be good this year. And yeah. even if he comes back from this concussion, 
because he can, it is his seventh, which is scary. Why are we expecting anything? He hasn't had more than two touchdowns in the last two years. He's still on the same offense. Yeah. They just announced Case Keenum is starting again. What's going to change that anyone's excited about this offense for more scoring opportunities? Dude has not ever played an entire season. Last year, he played 13 games. And you think, okay, well, he missed three. Well, he's never played more than 14 games in his entire career. So last year is what we're going to get. Are you happy with 558 yards and two touchdowns? No, I'd rather shoot the moon and go for Mark Andrews. Exactly. Who can finish as a top six tight end? Just take anybody else. Anybody else. Top six tight end? Don't waste your pick on Jordan Reed, guys. Mark Andrews, top six tight end? (laughs) Possibly. I like Mark Andrews. Top six is wild. But it's bold. It, I would much rather take the chance on Mark Andrews. Who, who can, is that little mouse, by the way, that just walked in here? And it sounded talking. like Stewie. 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 Mom. Mom. Mommy. Mom. Mark. 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 What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love Mark Andrews, but that is not the point. Jordan Reed, I'm officially off the Jordan Reed train. As everyone should have been. Anyway, so this just Leave helps us alone, you out. Michelle. We, this just helps you out. Guys. Leave us alone. We're allowed to love Jordan Reed. Stop and not- liking Jordan Reed and Tyler Eifer and Greg Olson and every old tight end out there. I was, hey, Vernon Davis could kill it. Oh, stop it. He's on the Washington Redskins offense. All right. Stop it. All right. Kenyon Drake is out of his walking boot. Are you happy about that? Yeah, man. I mean, we saw Kalen Balazs really struggle this last he preseason game. He does not game. look good in the preseason game. I'm so confused. We keep seeing Because, you know, in reports. practice, when no one's there to watch, he's great. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, my God, he just broke up another one and another one and another one. And, like, we see him in, in the game, and he just stops at the line or behind the line, and he doesn't move forward at all. My boyfriend is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it seems like. Like you're talking of your boyfriend. He goes boyfriend. to another school, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He definitely goes to another <laughs> school. Or when he comes around, he's like the worst guy ever. And you're like, you're pro- I promise when he's like away he's from you guys. Nice he's super nice to so me good. in private. Yeah. I, yeah I, I'm excited for Drake. I, I still think it's going to be a 50-50 split. I still think the better analogy there is that he goes to a different school. You guys just haven't met him because he went to a different school. So. <laughs> and then you like look him up in the yearbook and it's like... Tom doesn't go there. And you're like, oh, yeah, he went to another school the year before that. So I've I've um, had this happen to me in my life before in middle school. To you? You made up a boyfriend? Um, yes. And oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Should I tell this story? Yes. No, I've never heard this story, and we're married. I'm so sorry, guys. We don't normally get off topic. This is going to be a one-time thing. But this still haunts me to this day. <laughs> I didn't need to hear this. In middle school, I was on a uh, – I played for – uh, a basketball, a travel basketball team. Lesbian. <laughs> yeah. And we were out a couple hours away from our hometown, but I was with a bunch of new girls. So we, we just started this league out and they were asking about, you know, boyfriends that people had. And I never had a boyfriend before. This was in middle school. Big surprise. <laughs> so everyone talks about their boyfriend and then I have to give an answer. So I give a name, right? I give a name. I say Kevin Dennis and he's a, a kid I had a big crush on in middle school. And 
Kevin, say, are you listening? Yeah. And I say, um, we dated for two weeks and they're like, why did you break up? I was like, oh, we just drifted away. <laughs> and they're As like, all middle schoolers do. In, in two weeks. Yeah. So we dated for two weeks and then we just drifted apart. I'm so sorry. But then I'm not kidding you. So the night goes on. And a girl walks into a room, and her name was Sharon Dennis. Oh, no. <laughs> Sharon Dennis. And they're like, didn't you date a Kevin Dennis? And they're like, is oh, that no. his sister? I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh, my God. And they're like, wait, is Kevin your sister? Is Kevin your brother? And she's like, yeah. And no. like, she dated your brother. And Sharon was like, I don't think so. Oh, my God. <laughs> worst moment oh my of god my life so you're kaylin balage yes i'm kaylin balage oh was, my god yes yeah, so everyone they're talking up kaylin balage and then once he has to get on the field they're like who no he's not good what are you talking about <laughs> like who's been saying he's good um yeah but that's something i have to live with for the rest of my life <laughs> this is what kaylin balage is going to have to live with for the rest of his life yeah i i still think Kenyon drake is the guy and I've been seeing Kalen Balaj literally go ahead of him. Literally go ahead of him in drafts. Are you taking Kalen Balaj ahead of Kenyon Drake? No, I'm not. I'm not taking either guy is the real answer. If Drake fell super far, I'd be happy to take him in a full PPR. But it's one of those backfields. Like, you don't need He's one of them. He's falling into the late seventh round. But you don't need one of these guys. What about best ball? Are you taking oh, yeah, Kenyon sure. Drake in a best ball? Are you sure. taking Kalen Balaj in a best ball? No. I'm all hands off Kenyon or Kalen Balaj. Sorry. I want to sell him in everything I can. It's it, He reminds me so much of Peyton Barber. I just don't like watching him play football. You're going to be starting him, and he's going to get you know 15 carries, and he's going to do nothing for your team. He will have those breakout runs. Every running back tends to have some sort of breakoff run at some point in the year. Yeah. I can see him being one of those guys, though, that gets like a 60-yard breakout run touchdown to start the game. And you're like, oh, my God. On accident, though. Well, like we could say he has some talent. So he he got it. And then he ends the game with 72 yards and a touchdown. Like, like I could see Like 12 carries for yeah. 72 yards. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, no, I'm fan. off of the Miami Dolphins running backs. I just, like, let's go for a guy with higher upside on a better offense. That's all I'm talking about. All right. Well, before we get into today's segment, which we're going to be talking about the AFC and NFC East, we've got a fun game to play there. We're all about the games here at the Bell Blast Podcast. Um, let's talk about Fantasy Go. All right. So during the season, you spend plenty of time asking us questions on Twitter. Our inboxes are overflowing right now with you guys asking us about your rosters, what to do with the breaking news of this weekend with Andrew Luck, with Kalen Balage. I've got a really simple answer for you guys. You just go to fantasygo.com, put in your Yahoo fantasy football details, go to the fantasy football marketplace, pick your favorite analyst, obviously KM or Michelle M. Sure. Don't forget about me. Totally. And by doing that, picking one of us, you get to have us log into your Yahoo accounts remotely. We can set your lineups. We're perfect to fill in for your busy weeks, for your vacays, whatever you need. We know some of you guys out there are in like 30 leagues. Yeah, and you need some help. So come check us out, fantasygo.com. Search the analyst marketplace. Find your favorite analyst. We can log in. We'll set your lineups. We can even make ad drops. Nobody would ever know it's us. Oh, yeah. Secret secrets. Are no fun. No, they're so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Secret secrets win your league. Exactly. Um, Yeah, check them out, fantasygo.com. 
We've got a fun game to play today. Like super fun. What's the fun game? What's the fun game? So we are going to talk about the AFC and NFC East, right? So what I was thinking was we could make a draft because it's draft season. Let's celebrate draft season. I know. Everyone's drafting today. Except for us. I know. It hurts. We're the ball blast girls. We're supposed to be drafting right now. We have some awesome drafts this week, though. Oh, we're going to be like, is is it crass to say ball blast deep? Oh, I think so. I think yeah, it's a little, a little crass. That's yeah, okay. It's okay. So my thought, we should draft a team from the AFC and NFC East. Let's do it. But there's okay. a twist. No. We can only draft from the fifth round or later. So Zeke, bye. Okay. Zach Ertz, bye. sayonara. Barkley. Barkley. Uh, bye-bye. Okay. So none of the top elite guys. None of the top elite guys. And I have an idea of how we decide draft order. Mm, okay. Chug a bear. Chug a bear. Chug a bear. It's but, been a uh, while, right? Guys, we only, the beer we have is a very <laughs> fruity beer. It's strawberry lemonade natty light. Na- it's called natter You want to chug this. It's called natter days. Okay. Should we chug half of it? Yeah, probably. Okay, because so I'm we gonna don't throw die. up if I do the whole thing. How do we? How do we do this? Half. Okay, do a half. Half of an Saturdays. Okay, yeah. we have a cup. We each have a cup. All right, so I really need to win this first pick because there is one clear answer for this draft. We're doing one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, one flex each. Uh, there's no tight ends in the AFC and NFC East. If you take out Zacherts, there is yeah. one tight end left. I think we all know who it is. And I need him. So let's see. Yikes. Um, can I, can I uh, measure your... Shall we? Depth here. My depth? Yeah. Don't you like how I said that? We want it to be nice and even here. We want to make sure... Actually, I think I've got a lot more than you do. No, I think that's foam. Oh, okay. Okay, Michelle thinks it's foam. All right, are we ready? One, two, three. Mm. Done. I, I've been staring at you. No, you have not. I have been staring at you waiting for you to finish. No, you haven't. Okay, sure. If that's how you want to win this thing, <laughs> Michelle, go ahead. All with right. the first overall pick in the AFC-NFC East draft, Michelle Majuk picks. Okay, so when we're looking at teams here, we're looking at – I'm just going to go over the, the teams real quickly. When you look at the NFC East, we have the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, Washington Redskins, and the New York Giants. Is there a waiver wire in this <laughs> in this puppy? No. Uh, in the AFC, we're looking at the New England Patriots, the kings of the division. Yeah. Hopefully not for much longer. Dum, we got the da, Buffalo dum, dum. Bills. Our love this year for some reason. Yeah. If did anybody see the Buffalo Bills hat that my awesome patient gave me? Had to had to uh, come into the hospital and he brought me a present all it's the a, way from Buffalo. A very pretty hat. A very beautiful hat because I I said that the Bills were my dark horse team of 2019 and he bought me a black and blue Bills hat. It's like sexy as hell. Yeah. And if we both don't leave this draft with like a hundred Bills players, I'll be shocked. So uh, after the Bills, you got the New York Jets and then the Miami Dolphins, which I'd be shocked if any of us had any of the Miami Dolphins on our team. But we'll see. Don't Let's don't try. Don't, don't leave us Dolphins fans. We out. might we might get one. So with my first overall pick of the 2019 East Draft, I am taking Evan Ingram. 
I mean, come on. Shocker. There's only one good tight end left. He has just made it with the, the rules here. He's at the 601. Love that. Um, Evan Ingram, if I'm going for an early round tight end, I think he's perfect because he's not as expensive as the Travis Kelsey's, the George Kittles, the Zach Ertz. You get to have him a few rounds later. And I think he gets a ton of targets this year without OBJ. His numbers with and without OBJ are insane. We've gone over them before. He's a different person. Eli Manning can only focus on one person at a time. He's, he's a loyal man. Don't he's, pressure him. Okay, I, w- Don't I won't pressure, pressure Eli Manning. So when you when you take Can away, somebody his, tell us offensive line that. Yeah. So when when you take away his OBJ, then he goes to Evan Ingram, and this year, that's all that's left, man. Golden Tate's out four games. Sterling Shepard will be there, but he's been kind of, you know, last year without OBJ, he didn't really step up. Yeah, I I don't know if he's ready to be a wide receiver one. I think. When Golden Tate gets back into that offense, I think Sterling Shepard is an outstanding choice. I don't know if I buy into Sterling Shepard without a true wide receiver one there. I know he fits the role. He's been slotted into the role. I still don't buy it. Yeah. Uh, Without OBJ the last two years, OBJ missed all of 2017 in a few games last year. Evan Ingram with OBJ is only on pace for 600 yards for a full season. In the games without him, he's on pace for 945 yards. And we have to remember that this is including data from his rookie season. No tight end is dominant the rookie season. This is going into his third year. This is when tight ends break out. I expect a breakout year from Evan Ingram. I would not be shocked. 100 receptions? Is it possible? well within the, the realm of possibility. And I do think that when we're looking at tight end breakouts, I think you've mentioned this before, We want to see opportunity within the offense. OBJ gone. Huge opportunity in that offense for for Evan Engram. Another year in the scheme. Huge for Evan Engram. And I don't know. He's a a big dude. So did I already win this draft? No, not yet. I'm not going down without a fight. Well, now you don't have to take a tight end. So that's nice. Until like last. (laughs) Thank, Thank goodness there. Um, yeah, I, I have my, my pick of the rest of the draft here. So your pick. Go ahead. Uh, all right. I'm going to go with a guy that I've been rising on, Miles Sanders. Ooh, I love that. Okay, tell me why. I haven't been a huge Miles Sanders truther because of the offense, because of the fact that I don't trust Doug Peterson as far as I could throw him. The dude <laughs> loves the running back by committee. I don't like that. I don't like a coach that historically uses that approach. What I love about the Steelers is that I trust that they are going to use a one running back game. When I'm watching the Eagles, though, it's Miles Sanders by like a mile. I'm finally buying into the fact that they, they've they not had a guy like Miles Sanders who can do all of the things that he does. I'm, I'm, I'm buying in. I, I, I am a little nervous about his ADP. It's starting to... It's starting to rise, but it's still not close to David Montgomery's. He's going in the fifth round, though, right now. Yeah. David Montgomery's, like, itching up to the third. Yeah. He's getting up there. I, I, Miles Sanders was my favorite running back coming out of the draft. He was still my favorite running back right after the draft. I mean, you want to see him behind an offensive line like the Eagles. The Mm -hmm. big concern there was that they had just traded for Jordan Howard. I think they plan to go into the season with, I I think Evan Silva tweeted out, five running backs? Ugh. Yeah, it, his situation's not fantastic just because it's so crowded. I do think 
Jordan Howard's good. That's the issue is I do think he's a better running back than what Chicago was able to provide him last year. It just wasn't the right system or scheme for him. But I do think Miles Sanders is the much better running back even over Jordan Howard. I think as the season goes on, he takes over that role. He was stuck behind Saquon Barkley, and dude did better than Saquon Barkley his senior year than Barkley did his last year. It's just the truth. Go look at the stats. Okay. I'm not saying that he's – there is no part of me saying saying that he's better than Saquon Barkley, but – we don't know what he is yet, and he looks fantastic. I and think he's if, behind the right team to do yes. it. It's it's literally a matter of does everyone is calling the Eagles to win the Super Bowl, right? So th- yeah. that must be that must mean they're going to score points. I I a hundred percent believe the Eagles will score points. My biggest reservation up until this point is the fact that they keep talking about Jordan Howard on the goal line. Get him away from my goal line. Yeah. That is Miles' gold line. If Jordan Howard got hurt right now, I think Miles Sanders jumps up to the third round. Or if Jordan Howard was traded to a team like the Texans. Mm-hmm. What did uh, That's insane. I actually haven't thought about that. What did Eagles pay for Howard? Was it a fifth or sixth? It was something late. I think it was I a believe sixth. it was a conditional sixth. So they could trade him. Very easily. He's on the last year of his deal. So it's literally a one-year deal. If they even made out with another six-round pick. They're not going to do it for that because they paid a sixth. But, and then, like, what is Houston going to give up? They just gave up a third. So it's so hard. I don't know. But if Jordan Howard left this team or got hurt, Miles Sanders would be a beast. I do like this pick by you. It's a good pick. Thank you so much, Michelle. You are next up on the clock for your second overall pick in the AFC-NFC East draft. You know what? I'm struggling a bit because I was really planning on taking Sony Michelle because I thought he was still in the fifth round. You know, I'm struggling a little bit because I'm not getting met with booze as I announce the picks. With booze? Yeah. Oh, because you're not... Because uh, I'm a commissioner. Oh, boo. Do you okay. want me to do that to you for now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was really planning on taking Sonny Michelle, and then I realized he's in the fourth round now. He he's was climbing. In, he was in the fifth, sixth round forever, and now he's in the fourth, which is good for him because he deserves it. Yeah, and he looks gr- He looked fantastic in the third preseason game. The, the stat line, I feel like, didn't really reflect how good and strong and healthy he looked. I think he finished with, like... 10 for 36 or something along that line. I I really like the way he looked. But, yeah, you're right. And He's not a part of this. Get get yeah. Sony Michelle off your mind. Okay, okay. I'm going Robbie Anderson because we saw Sam Darden last year that struggled for a bit to start the season. Then he came back from his injury, and he, he was doing a little bit better. And you saw him targeting Robbie Anderson more and more. The off-season reports have been very good for Robbie Anderson. They want to use him, you know, underneath a little bit more, which I don't know if that's the smartest thing to do with Robbie Anderson, but it's never a bad thing if they want to use him in more ways. To end the season, seven targets, seven targets, 11 targets, 13 targets, eight targets. Love that. I love that. I think he's going to be heavily used. I think Sam Darnold will take the step forward in his second year. And we're just still waiting in that Robbie Anderson breakout year. And I think it could be this year. So I am going with Robbie Anderson. All right. I kind of like that. Um, kind of? You just kind of like it? It's fine. Okay. Okay. I do. I really actually, I'm, I'm pretty high on Sam Darnold, and I'm trying to figure out how to bump him up in my rankings. I think he's looked outstanding in preseason. He's looked super decisive with the ball. He looks like a more mature quarterback going into the season. Never been a huge Sam Darnold fan. I like him now. I think he looks he looks really good. So I agree with you there. I, I like the pick, but um, with the way that this is 
sort of drawn out right now, I feel like it would be to my advantage to get my pick of the quarterbacks. Okay. Don't take him, please. Josh Allen, baby. (laughs) No, that's not fair. That was more of a trigger pick. I just wanted to hit your buttons. Yeah, that hit my buttons. Yeah, I know. Uh, Josh Allen, I feel like he he also looks like he's maturing in his offense a little bit. He looks like he's progressing through his reads a little better than I think he was last season. Michelle is giving (laughs) me this death stare. I'm sleeping on the couch tonight. Josh Allen is my boy. How dare you touch him? What do you mean? Didn't you already take a... No, you didn't. I thought you were... You traded me Josh Allen last season because you were low on him. Nobody was low on Josh Allen. You were. Okay. Maybe I was. But now I'm high on him. (laughs) Now you're high on him. All right. Um, Talk about him. Josh Allen, he, he... First of all, we know he has the legs and I know that... Most of those were scrambles. They those were not sexy legs. Those sexy legs. That SpongeBob gif where he like pulls <laughs> that's up exactly, the shorts. Yep, that's what I'm looking at. That's Josh Allen right there. He's got the legs to do it, but I think he's also got a number of offensive weapons that are going to upgrade his passing game and give him a safer floor than he already has with the rushing. If you look at his, his little um, next-gen stats graph of his passer rating in passing zones, the place he made his money was right in the middle of the field, a short pass. Actually, everybody, I think, feels like he's like this downfield passer. He did really well in these short, short-range passes right in the middle of the field. Guess where Cole Beasley plays the field? Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Short. Short. Right in the middle. He's the slot guy. So guess what? I think Cole Beasley, and we've seen it so far in preseason, he's looking at Cole Beasley. He's, he's like... He is locked in on Cole Beasley the same way that you are locking eyes with me right now after I sniped your pick. Move on. All right. All right. Okay. So I need a wide receiver or I can use a flex so I can get another running back. Man, I just don't love these divisions, huh? Are we about to talk about another bill? And this is what we were a little bit worried about coming into this division, these two divisions, because we love the bill so much. I'm taking Devin Singletary wow. from you. And I don't care because I know you're going to take him. So oh I'm taking Devin God. Singletary. I I don't watching these preseason games, guys. Frank Gore looks pretty decent. Like he I, looks really good. He looks good. You know who does not? LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy. And you know what? I feel like Madden says it all. Frank Gore is like a beast in Madden 20. Holy Moses. That dude is like a bulldozer through all offensive and defensive lines. He he went down, right, in this last preseason game, and it looked bad. After and a dirty-ass hit. He was just fine. Like, yeah. He just, he's so durable. He's so great. Frank Gore will be Devin Singletary's biggest competition. You see him, uh, there was the latest tweet that he's just following Frank Gore around. You love to see that. LaShawn McCoy looks bad. Like, guys, he looks bad, bad. I think the only reason right now he's still the starter so that the Bills hope to get some trade value from him. That has to be it. So are you saying they're they're putting him up as, like, a facade? Because, I mean, I think we saw this with the Steelers, right? They, they devalued him by saying, we want to trade this guy. So if you call this guy your starter, like, like the Steelers, they probably would have gotten a lot more for Antonio Brown if they said, no, he's ours. Mm-hmm. He's our starting wide receiver. He can either show up or not show up. It would have probably gotten a, I would say, a second or first round pick for him. Yeah. But they literally put a for sale sign in their front yard. And guess what? When you when you advertise that you are willing to trade a guy, you get a lot less for him. So if you put up that facade that, hey, LaShawn McCoy's our guy, if you want to pay up for our guy, you're going to need to pay up. 
I maybe that's what they're doing. Yeah, and you've seen him be highly, highly inefficient this off season. Yeah, he hasn't looked great. Uh, last year, he had three point two yards per attempt, which is a has to be. One of the worst for a starting running back in the league. Probably the worst. I haven't not looked that up, but I would actually just he's say one it of the, without looking it. I want to say he's like the third highest paid running back in the NFL this year. And he has a high or low dead cap. Like they can cut him without spending much money at all. They actually save a good chunk of money. I think they but save $6 million. If they go into the season with Sean McCoy starting, I would be so shocked. I would be, I would be so wrong because I've been saying this for months. I would be so wrong, and I, I will admit it, but I cannot imagine a world where the LaShawn McCoy is starting for the Bills this yeah, year. Yeah, I really can't either. So they, that's why I'm going with Devin Singletary. I guess I should talk, actually talk about my guy. <laughs> he looks good out there. He's heavily involved in the passing game when he's on the field. Got to love that. He, he got his first carry in the last preseason game, 12 yards, touchdown. He looks good, and Frank Gore looks good too. So I wouldn't be surprised if they used them both. But I think by midseason, Singletary can take over that backfield, be a huge part of that offense in the passing game as well. So that's why I would go Devin Singletary. He is massively, massively underrated for me. He did not show up at the combine. He was very slow. He he His 40 time was not efficient. But when you watch this guy in the field, he does not look like a small dude. He does not look like a guy who is slow. He looks super explosive. He looks like he's got vision, something that I think Kalen Bellage is severely lacking. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Yep. Okay. So you have anything else pick? you want to say about my boyfriend, Devin Singletary? No, my pick, my boyfriend. Don't steal him from me. Go. My boyfriend. Um. All right. So guys, I'm looking, I need a wide receiver. I need a tight end. I need a flex. I'm not going for the tight end because I don't think Michelle's going to flex any of these other tight ends. <laughs> She's already got her flex. She needs. You're correct. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I need a wide receiver. Oh, I need a wide receiver. Okay. All right. Robbie Anderson's off the board. Man, not a lot out there, huh? Pretty pretty scarce here. Um, I think I will go with Alshon Jeffrey. I was gonna say, I was gonna I was thinking him. I'm I'm all about the Eagles, apparently, in this draft. Alshon Jeffrey, I think I've been actually pretty high on Deshaun Jackson, but I'm I'm sort of overlooking the wide receiver one in that offense. You've got a healthy Carson Wentz. You've got a great offensive line. You've got a good a good weapon, right? Alshon Jeffrey wasn't totally healthy last season. He's coming into this year, and he should be more efficient, right? You, you've got a hopefully more solidified run game. You've got a guy who... Um, was extremely prolific, even when he wasn't extremely healthy. We have seen in his time with the Eagles, he's definitely more efficient when he's got Carson Wentz. He sees more uh, more targets, more receptions, more touchdowns. Uh, the only thing he's lacking is the receiving yards. So I definitely think if we see a healthy Carson Wentz this season, we should see a great volume and great situation for Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, and he should be healthy all year long. He was struggling a lot to begin the season. Uh, you had Carson Wentz, who was struggling with injury. I do think we'll see a very solid Alshon Jeffrey this year. I think if you are risking the beginning with your wide receivers, like let's say you go high upside with a Brandon Cooks and a... Terry Kill? Yeah, like a Terry Kill who goes boom or bust. I think getting an Alshon Jeffrey is pretty decent. because He's, he's just a steady guy. He is, and I think he will be very good this year for... 
the Eagles. Not a, a league winner in any way, but sometimes you just need those steady guys. Yeah, I, I like my own pick. Okay. Michelle, so, you need a quarterback and a flex. Yeah, so I'm going to go flex because you already stole my quarterback. And if we didn't already talk about the Bills so much, I would 100% go John Brown. But I'm going to I'm gonna turn away from that since we talk so much about the Bills. I'm going to go with Michael Gallup. Uh, Dak Prescott, once he got Amari Cooper, was 100 times better. And it wasn't just 100 times better because he was targeting Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper opened up the offense for everybody. He opened it up for Michael Gallup. He opened it up for Zeke. Zeke in the passing game with Amari Cooper was so much better, which doesn't really make sense. But Zeke's targets went way up when Amari Cooper actually came to the Cowboys. Uh, just the whole offense was better. And I, I think Michael Gallup, we, when we were watching him last year, it, Dak was targeting him and he was open. They just didn't have the connection. So his catch percentage last year was 48%. Not good. I don't remember watching the games and being like, oh God, Gallup is dropping these balls. It was, they were just out of his reach. If they can start making, like connecting on those deep balls, Gallup is going to be a steal in these drafts. And right now, Amari Cooper is dealing with his foot issues. What is it? Nurse over there? What is it called? <laughs> um, it, it came out as plantar fasciitis, but it, they said it um, later was an intrinsic muscle strain, which God God only knows how that's going to affect his play. Whatever the injury is, I, I don't know why they have these differing reports, but either way... It, Amari Cooper says he's played through this injury before. He played through it his rookie season. He's had a hundred, or I think he said he had a thousand yard season when he had this injury. So he doesn't seem to be too concerned. It seems like they're being pretty cautious in the preseason. I do expect him to be back game one. We'll see. Uh, I do expect him to be back game one too. And like I said, I think it's better for the whole offense if he is. So I'm not, I'm not taking Gallup in the hopes he's going to be a wide receiver one on that team. I'm, fine with him being the wide receiver too he had 68 targets last year Cole Beasley guys had a lot of targets like he didn't do much with them but he had a lot of targets now those are gone you're adding in Randall Cobb that's fine but he's not been anything I don't expect him to be anything in in Dallas so there's a lot of room for Gallup's targets to go up I'm excited for him and I think he's going to see a lot of deep balls I like it um I've got a tight end and a flex left You've used up your last flex, so you've just got a quarterback left. I can go either direction here. So I'm just going to go, no, I can't. <laughs> what? I, can't. I feel like the next best tight end option here is another Eagles. Okay. Dallas Goddard. Over Mike Kosicki? Yeah. I, I don't want to trust that offense. I don't want to trust really any asset on the Miami offense whatsoever. I just, I don't You're trust. upsetting Dolphins fans. Sorry, guys. I love you. I just, I want you to have a better offensive line. And I don't, I, I don't know. I, if you're Ryan Fitzpatrick and he's your quarterback, he's going to throw the wide receivers. He just doesn't have that tendency towards the tight end. If you're Josh Rosen, yikes. I like I I don't see a range of outcomes where I'm excited there, and I yeah, Mike Kosecki, I hope you have a great life and a. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I would probably buy him in Dynasty right now to be honest, but not for a redraft league. I'm I'm tending to go with 
Dallas Goddard, he's looked great in the offseason. They say that they want to get him involved in the offense, which is part of the reason why we're fading Zach Ertz, right? We just don't see that that ability to sustain the target volume. I think Dallas Goddard's probably going to be worked into the game plan at some point there, so I'm going Dallas Goddard. Okay. So you think he can overtake some snaps by Zach Ertz? I do. And I think that he should be used in goal line situations. I, we saw with Trey Burton that they wanted to get Trey Burton involved. I think he could be the next Trey Burton. Trey Boo Boo. Trey Boo Boo. Trey Boo Boo Ballers. Um, I, I like him. I like, I like Dallas Goddard. Got him in a couple leagues. And I do think he will have some standalone value. Definitely more value than any other tight end in this group. I'm sorry. Okay, so I'm going quarterback. And oh, I am going, yeah, because it's my last pick. I'm going with Dak Prescott. So I love this pick. He has never, ever, ever ended as lower than a quarterback 12. And last year, he struggled in the beginning. So everybody's off of him. But once he got Amari Cooper for the last nine weeks of the season, he was a quarterback six. It's the opposite of recency bias, though. How weird is that? Yeah, Dak Prescott was good, guys. His stats were insanely different with and without Amari Cooper, which makes sense. The thing is that whenever someone really likes a quarterback and they don't have good skill players around them, they're like, but they didn't have anyone to throw the ball to. Who did you want Dak Prescott to throw the ball to before they traded for Amari Cooper last year? They had Michael Cole Gallup. Beasley. They had Michael Gallup, who I just talked about. He was a fourth-round rookie. Rookie, Cole Beasley, who I'm sorry, but he's Cole Beasley. And then they had Zeke. Uh, I don't even know. They, they, they still have that. Um, no, I don't know. Who else did they have? <laughs> That's a great question. Who were their tight ends? Um, Swaim, Jeff Swaim. Jeff Swaim. And then that guy that was just cut. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the one that we just talked to at the Yeah, we convention. introduced ourselves to them at SportsCon. That was super fun. He was cut. Like a week later. Anyways. We have the handshake of shame. Dak Prescott had nobody last year. And then once he got Amari Cooper, like I said, he jumped all the way up to the quarterback six during that time from weeks nine to 17. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. I know nobody wants to admit it, but just give him one decent wide receiver and he will succeed for you. So uh, I'm happy with taking Dak Prescott here as my quarterback. He is a late-round guy that if I'm just totally punting my quarterback, then I'll take him late, and I'll be happy for it. And as long as Amari Cooper is healthy, Dak Prescott will succeed. I like that. I do. Um, with my last pick, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something a little different here. I'm going to go with James White. I don't typically go with James White. I'm not a huge James White believer at all. I think he's like my number one regression candidate for 2019. I've been saying this all along. I just don't see the opportunity there for the same the same production. He was the uh, fourth ranked in number of routes run among running backs in 2018. I don't see that repeating. Just too many bodies on the field to, to make him produce that much. He's going to regress back to his career average, but part of what makes him valuable is his draft position, right? Because I'm I, I'm getting to draft him pretty late. Outside of last year, he averaged right around like 
80 or so targets per season. Not bad. Mm-hmm. You like that in a running back. But if we do see a fluctuation in Sonny Michelle's health, he might see more of those carries because that's when he really benefited from this offense. Nikhil Harry, he might not be ready for week one. He might benefit from that. Josh Gordon, we don't really know if he's going to come into this season suspended. We don't really know. I'll take James White beyond his ADP at this point. He's still going in the fifth round. Where would you be more inclined to take him in like a real draft? The 10th. What? I don't like James White. I'm off of him. I took him in the 10th last year, and I loved it. I, I, I like James White for what he is, and I don't I don't think he's anything other than what – last year I got lucky, okay? I drafted him in the 10th, and I got lucky because every single running back on that team got injured. Oh, and then Edelman had to miss four games. And then, oh, Gordon got suspended, and there was nobody left. So then he got those five rushing touchdowns when he had zero and zero the two years before. He got 123 targets when the max he got before that was 86 because he was the only guy left. I got lucky last year. I'm not going to take that luck and pretend like it was something else and then take him in the fifth round this year. So then who would you take right here? Like if you were in my spot right here drafting AFC, NFC East, like we just did, who would you take over James White? <laughs> I guess that's a good question. John Brown? <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, so you, you had would, to take a running so back? my team is strictly Eagles players, and your team is strictly <laughs> Bills. No, I would not take John Brown over James White. I'm just kidding, guys. I guess, I guess you were stuck taking him, but I don't want – Anyone to think that we're high in James White. No, and you know what? Like another value pick that I might consider here, I I still would probably take James White in this particular situation. But another guy I think is being underrated right now is Adrian Peterson. He is, for sure. Going in the ninth round in half PPR formats, he's looked really strong. Like he's looked really good. I know Darius Geis came out, looked great in the preseason debut week three. But I do think that Adrian Peterson does have some standalone value, should get some goal line work this season, and a best ball? Come on. You know who I'd say? I would rather Kenyon Drake than James White. Okay. Because Kenyon Drake doesn't need – he doesn't have that crowd of a backfield. He has Kalen Balazs, and we know they're both going to be involved. But last year, Kenyon Drake had 73 targets, and I think – I, I know that James White had so much more, but you look at this—you uh, look at this Miami Dolphins offense. What wide receivers do they have? Did they uh, add? They didn't add anybody. It's not like New England where they added Nikhil Harry. They get back Josh Gordon. They have Edelman for a full year. They they uh, drafted Damian Harris. They got back Sony Michelle healthy. They got back Rex Burkhead, who can never stay healthy, but God forbid he does. I don't know what happens then to James White's value. So many different options. When you look at the Miami Dolphins offense, there, there's no it's other options. Nothing. So I do think Kenyon Drake can easily get above 100 targets. He will get his carries. So I would go Kenyon Drake over James White. I think that's a pretty fair answer. And given my distaste for Kalen Balazs, I probably should have thought of it myself because I don't like Kalen Balazs. Somebody's got to get the ball. And every time Kenyon Drake touches the ball, he explodes. Yep. Is that it? I think Did that's it. Did we just it. complete our draft? So we Michelle. completed it. So let's go through mine. 
I killed you. Uh, I have Dak Prescott, Robbie Anderson, Devin Singletary, Evan Ingram, and Michael Gallup. Yeah. What you got? I've got Josh Allen, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, and James White. Woo! Yeah, I murdered you. You did, You got first pick of the lot, though. Yeah, and I think that's unfair. I think that Evan showed. Ingram was like the best. The pick. Evan Ingram really killed the draft. So congratulations, Michelle. We'll still put it up on Twitter because I feel like it deserves a vote. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. I'm Kate at FF Ball Blast. And I'm Michelle at Ball Blast M. Ball Blast E-M. Don't forget to check us out on FantasyGo.com. Let us help you manage your leagues in 2019. Leave us those five-star reviews. And don't forget to come to Fantasy Football Night at North Park Lounge Lawrenceville. Yeah. Yeah. Wednesday, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Lawrenceville, North Park Lounge. Check it out. Don't miss us. Bye. Bye, y'all.